All right, hello and welcome to the Been Talking with Peak Performers podcast. On this podcast, we talk to peak performers in their field so you can then go perform at your best. Today, we've got Peter Saris on the show. She's a former Pilates instructor who founded an award-winning studio in the Hunter Valley. She also released an internationally selling Pilates DVD and was a health contributor to many magazines such as Mary Claire, Mind Food, Oxygen, Women's Day, and many, many more. In 2017, though, Peter sold that business to focus on becoming a no BS business strategist and consultant focusing on growing people's businesses really, really fast with the knowledge that she picked up from the Pilates studio. Really excited to get into the show today. Really excited to talk to Peter. But just before we do that, I want to talk to you guys about something I'm excited about. We've been able to keep this show running because of some of the amazing client work we've been doing producing podcasts and creating a wealth of video content for business owners. We all know we should be creating video content, blogs, podcasts, short form content, and we should be doing it every single day. But who's really got the time for that? I sit down with my clients once a month where we create a podcast, an interview or videos. I then go away and create their entire month's catalog in articles, videos, snippets, and all sorts of content that they can use, professionally created and all done with minimal work needed from you. If you want to learn how you can do that, you can contact me at tim at beantalking.com.au or join the free Facebook group, How to Start a Podcast. But apart from that, let's get into the show today. Let's talk to Peter. Let's find out what makes her a peak performer in business growth. Peter. Hello. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you are somebody who has built numerous businesses, had a lot of ventures in your time, um, ranging from a, a Pilates studio to a bit of sales business, a bit of um, all of that, and, and now an online program, which is really, really cool. Um, that's my sum up of you, but I guess for the people listening along that don't know you, yeah, tell us a bit about yourself. Uh, it's like, oh, what version do we have? Do we have like the dating profile version where I'm like, I like butter and coffee and I'm a writer? Um, or do we have like the LinkedIn version? Because mm. I feel like when you kind of talk about yourself, there are so many, like it's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of like that um, four square challenge, LinkedIn, Facebook, Tinder and whatever else. Face, what was it, Facebook? Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like, so how do you summarize yourself? I, um, it's really funny. I was at a, like a conference today and everyone asked me what I do. And I find that I just kind of amend it depending on the person. But mm. I think that's the problem when you're a little bit of a slashy, sometimes you think, ah, oh, am I going to undersell myself? Cause I'm like, oh yeah, I'm a copywriter. Oh yeah. Okay. I'm a business consultant. I'm a business coach. What else do I do? Full-time professional bait, which is my company. Yeah, so actually, and, and I should have said that in the intro, I'll do it in the intro of the podcast, but um, your Instagram title is The Professional Babe, I, I believe. Yes, uh, if I it is. And that. that was quite um, strategic as well because my name, Peter Serres, I don't want to say it's not memorable, but it's the kind of thing where like that's a bit hard to spell. Yeah, and a little bit, I mean, I, I must admit I was a tad nervous coming here, the, the pronunciation of it, you, you don't quite, you know, um, in the intro to the podcast I'll, I'll try my hardest to get it right. But, um, yeah, it is a little bit, anything that's hard to say is hard to remember. So Yeah, I know when I have consulting clients come to me and I'm like, you need to make sure that if you tell like a 13 to 15 year old that they're going to be able to remember it and spell it into Google. Like you have to tell them once it has to be memorable. And that's why I went with professional babe, because when people like the professional babe, almost <laughs> like who, like the audacity, like it's just something that you, you can't forget. Well, it's polarizing. I mean, we'll get into you like, you get a lot of love on social, but you also get a lot of hate on social and, <laughs> and you deal with it in a really cool yeah. way. But um, it's it's kind of polarizing, I assume, like, as you say, the audacity and, and that's what I think makes it stand out, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I've been in the media a couple of times and they're like the professional babe, which is really funny because I'm like, if they did their homework, it's like, that's the name of my company. <laughs> <laughs> they're just giving your company a plug on national yeah, radio and television. For free. For free, yeah. yeah. Um, so I guess, yeah, you started your life 
um, up in the country, up um, where where Maitland. Maitland, Maitland is that country? Have I offended the Maitland people? Well, I would say that it's country. Like it's yeah. not the kind of thing where there's no traffic lights. Like we have traffic lights. We now have a Mecca Cosmetica. Fantastic. But this is new. Like we only got a Mecca about a year ago. And the bus, actually, the bus didn't even come down my street. Um, Mum and dad had to drive me to school because if I was to walk to the bus stop, there was like snakes and reptiles and kangaroos. And they were like, oh, this is just too much. We'll just drive, we'll drive you to school. So I guess that's pretty country. Mm, yeah, I would, <laughs> uh, that, that fits my definition of, of country. <laughs> um, but I guess uh, your first business there in Maitland was a Pilates studio, which, um, you know, had its ups and downs, but you were filling this Pilates studio out in no time. Um, tell us a bit about that journey and where, what, you, what you're now using, I guess, as a two-pronged in, in businesses today with those lessons. Yeah. So I started my business back in 2009 after, I think when I finished school, and I don't know if you find this, we're really like, okay, school is finished, university is next. But I didn't want to go to university because I, I hated school. Like I was one of those kids that I never had to study. I kind of have a bit of a photographic memory. So I was always bored. And when my teacher was like, what are you going to go and do? And I'm like, I'm going to go and work in a shop because I want money. And everyone was kind of like, that is ridiculous. And I just kind of fell into Pilates because mum was like, we need to do something. And this course came up and halfway through the course, I actually completely dislocated my knee, competitive cheerleading. So I've got pins up my leg. Oh, wow. And Oh, the scar's still there. Yeah, Is that, I've got yeah, hips. Wow. I've got, I've got I mean, about, you can't see it on camera. I've got about but... eight scars on my leg. Pretty, It's pretty gruesome. Like it's, it's a bit gross. And that kind of changed things for me where me thinking, oh, well, maybe I want to go overseas and like work with a dance company or maybe I want to do this. And then all of a sudden things changed for me and I thought, no, I really want to teach dancers. So I started in a, <laughs> I started in the like East Maitland Bowling Club and it was so funny, Tim, because was, this is actually not funny, but it is funny, but it's not funny. Um, they would often have wakes there. So people... Like, you know how when someone dies? Yeah, at a bowling club, it's yeah. a weird spot for a wake. Yeah. So I would go and like I would be 20 and I'd rock up with everything and the staff wouldn't want to kick them out of the wake. So I would have to go in and kick black people out of a wake so I could go and teach a Pilates class. And I'm like, you <laughs> you learn a lot about people. <laughs> That's almost your first, uh, first foray into sales and objection handling there. Yeah. yeah. Like, cause I, I had to go in being like, okay, how are we going to phrase that? Give them time. If your clients come early, we'll just start with coffee. Like I had to kind of problem solve all of these different scenarios. So I think because of that now in business, um, any challenge that comes my way, I'm like, well, I'm not kicking people out of a wake. Like nothing really compares to that. And that only lasted for about, um, oh, I think we were there for three, three months, but probably about six weeks in. I remember handing flyers around about Pilates for dancers at dance studios and we walked into this space and I said to my mom I'm like oh this would make such a good Pilates studio and then I remember it was probably about a week later I saw that they were moving and I'm like I wonder what's going to happen to their space and I didn't even know like what went through my mind I think it was just being really naive I just drove there and was like, it's a Tuesday. Dance studios are always open on a Tuesday. So if you're watching this, like Tuesdays and Thursdays, they always have dance classes. So I went there and I'm like, what's happening to your like space? I want it. And I was 20. I'm like. <laughs> did, did, did you feel like a lack of respect as well? No, I felt no, nothing. I was just nothing. like, this is normal. Like you're not going to be here. Like who's going yeah, to. Who, <laughs> it'll look good to your landlord that you found a tenant already. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And um, that's basically how it started and it really ended up exploding. Like in Maitland, you had a gym membership and that was it. Mm. No one knew what Pilates was. Like I really could, I had nothing wow. for people to compare it to because it's not like that there was something that was in the next neighbourhood and they can be like, oh, she's in no comparison to them. Like I basically was the person who, like I don't want to say I introduced Pilates to that area but like 
I think, oh, there was two studios in Newcastle, but I really had the ability to kind of set the tone and be like, here's what incredible Pilates is and here's what it looks like and I get to be the person to be, like to deliver that to you. That's fantastic. Yeah. You're really um, encapsulating this phrase, um, don't be better, be different because you could have easily started another gym or another yoga thing or whatever but but you're being different. So do you, I guess... As a broad concept, you're being different, but what in your business encapsulated that, do you think? Um, in the studio or like Yeah, the studio, now? like no, right, yeah, right. I'll go that and then okay. we'll go into now. Yeah. Like it's because it's a cool question. But yeah. Um <laughs> I approach things with what would I like, which I know we're always told, like, don't do that. Like your ideal customer is not you. But I would be like, oh my gosh, if I was going to the hair salon and they knew it was my birthday, imagine showing up with a birthday cake. So I would do that for my clients. Like we had wine. Like if they had a hard day, I'm like, let's just crack a bottle. And they absolutely loved that. I made the effort to know their husband's name or their children's name or their dog's name, all of that stuff, all of these little things where I found that people had just kind of glossed over because they saw it as, well, they're only here for an hour, so I'll be nice to them in that hour, where I'm like, well, for some people, they're coming to me three to four times a week and they've moved here for work and I'm the person, apart from their colleagues, that they see the most in their week. So I need to be really conscious of that. And I think that that's something that I, everything that I've done in business, I always carry that belief Mm. with me. I think um, a lot of people get so concerned with trying to find new leads and new customers and new propositions, but that means they then forget the people that have already bought from them. And, you know, there's so much untapped potential in that group of people. So that's what you're basically doing there, right? Oh, completely. And it's something that I... It's so bizarre to me how you always see like especially really big businesses like banks are a perfect example is people will be giving them money for 20 years and then there'll be an offer that comes out and it's like, hey, come with us. If you're a new client, we'll act, we won't put an interest rate on your credit card for six months where it's like, could you imagine ringing up the customer that's been with you for like 20 years and saying, we're actually going to give you this offer. Like you would, you would go on Facebook and you would be like, this is so incredible. Businesses don't do that. No. Perfect example of the banks. Um, I know for a fact, cause I've got friends in the finance industry who um, they've had conversations cause they're, they're, they're a broker. So they, yeah. you know, deal with the banks and, they, their customer said, hey, you're offering new customers this rate, can we please have a drop? And the bank person said, oh, no, we're only pri- prioritising new customers. Are you serious? No. <laughs> <laughs> but that's, that's throughout a lot of our, like we don't want to just bash banks even though it's a lot of fun to do, but, you know, they do hold our money, so... Um, <laughs> I hope they're not like sponsoring this episode. Or no, no, could no, you no. imagine? Could you imagine like a banner at the bottom? Well, one of the one of the <laughs> we're talking the big four here. One of the different about like maybe UpBank or something. Yeah. <laughs> the, the new nimble ones. They might. Yeah. Want to chuck a sponsorship? Um, but but this customer service. I was talking to a friend yesterday who knew someone who worked at a sports luxury and sports car where people yeah. are spending millions of dollars on a McLaren. And the after-sales service is just such high quality. Like they'll fly mechanics to where you are if your yeah. car breaks down and you're overseas driving the car. They'll fly someone to come and fix it. Like, yes, okay, different yeah. category, different category. But like what do you think we can learn from just that level of service, do you think? I think people need to see, especially now, like business is so different now to how it even was when I started with my Pilates studio. Like we had a MySpace page. Facebook wasn't even really a thing. Like so much has changed since then. So I could have done something like one small thing in business and it wouldn't have really mattered where now you just have to stuff up in a small way, but piss off the wrong person and it will explode. But then the same thing happens on the flip side, where if you have really great service, I actually saw something on Facebook by an entrepreneur called Jasmine Starr, who I've just started following. I really like her as well. 
And she was talking about how they were adopting a baby in Vegas and they weren't really sure like what was going to happen because of the adoption process and how like she was driving up the strip with her husband and um, she's like, oh my God, we're so not prepared for this. And she rang the Four Seasons and she put on Facebook to, and she has a big following, like Mm. they are tight. And she put every single thing that they did. And she's like, I will always be so loyal to them. And I'm like, that is good business because they just were like, here's a customer and we're going to show up for them. Mm. We're going to show up for them. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Um, It kind of takes it to that extra level. Um, I mean, Gary Vaynerchuk's talked about instead of giving me a fruit basket, um, if you went through my social media, you would see that I post about the, the New York Jets, which is a team every Sunday. So instead of a fruit basket, if you had like a New York Jets hat or something on the bed, how much of a bigger difference would that take? Now, flip side to that, I've told older generations about that and they said, oh, well, if you did that to me, I'd be downstairs talking to the manager. Why are you stalking me? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Fair point. So it's it's hard. Like where do we draw the line? But but I think if you can just do something, just that little bit extra different, maybe it maybe it's not a you see that I'm a wine lover, so it's not a basket of fruit, it's a bottle of wine. Yeah. Maybe something less stalkery and specific. But yeah. yeah. I did that for my graphic designer once, which everyone thought was really crazy because they're like, you pay him, like that's enough. And I'm I thought that's such a weird approach. Because I feel like I'm like being a business owner, I know that we're we're underpaid. So and he has just gone above and beyond with so many things that I found his and it could have probably been a little bit crazy, but I was so prepared for that. I found his wife on Facebook and I sent her a message and I'm like, what does like what alcohol does Lee drink? Like I want to send him something. And she's like, oh, he really likes beer. And I'm like, okay, beer. And I know nothing about beer. And then I had to go back and I'm like, can you tell me a, a little bit more about beer? And um, she said a couple of his favorite brands. And then I just like went looking online and I found a package and I just sent it to him. I didn't really think anything of it. And he rang me up, but you could kind of tell in his voice that he was like, stunned to the level of effort that I went to I didn't even really think it was that much effort I was more worried about oh my god is his wife gonna think I'm crazy and then I thought what if this goes to her other folder and then I'm like maybe I can find his sister and oh my god (laughs) I'm going through like (laughs) trying to like mind map like all of these people and it really wasn't that much effort like it was more just being like I hope someone receives this <laughs> I don't go to all this effort and put the wrong address in or something. Yeah, but that yeah. was um yeah, that was about five years ago. And I, I just like to do like little yeah. little things like that. It's the little things that add up so much. And I'll go back to the woman that put the thing up on Instagram. Yeah. Casey Neistat did the similar thing when Oh, it's bad. I forgot who the airline was. It was probably Emirates. They upgraded him to first class and then he did his very first this is the tour through the first class lounge. Video got like 10 million views. Talk about publicity yeah. for, for Emirates, right? Like it's just these little things and I guess it's it's hard also when can this become tokenistic and when can this become genuine? And I think it becomes genuine when you give without the expectation of return. Yeah. When it becomes inauthentic is when you go, oh, if I give someone my free ebook, then they'll have to do business with me because I've read Persuasion by um, Robert Greene and I think reciprocity is a thing. Like, Yeah. So where do you think for you that the line is drawn? Because you're, yeah, very giving obviously. Um, yeah, I think it's the kind of thing where like now and I guess it's happened to me before where someone has done something that you think is really like nice and I know that there's good intentions behind it and then they're like oh let's take all of these pictures now for Instagram yep do this hold this and you're like oh okay so it's it's this point where it's like mm. I'll give people listening context to that yeah. I mean you've got a fairly large following on Instagram it's about 10,000 followers yeah. so people could see that and then try and leverage it right yeah and I think sometimes like that that's yeah that's what what happens 
also they've you know heard on radio, TV. Yeah, they, they see that and and yeah, it, it, sadly it's just human nature, I suppose. But, yeah. Um, yeah, not cool. <laughs> I think it's all a learning experience, though. Yeah. Like there are some things that I've like I never started my studio and everything was smooth sailing. Like I had so many hiccups, um, and I think that that's important. So if you do something sometimes and you're like, oh, I really stuff up there, like that's okay. Like it's just. Okay, well, what do we do for next time? Like, how how do we pivot? And something that, um, oh my god, I love Mel Robbins. Do you love Mel Robbins? I don't know him. Oh, oh my, Mel, Mel Robbins. Mel Robbins. I know Mel Five Robbins. second rule. I haven't um, consumed any of her content, but definitely to. within the radar yeah. of people. Yeah. So she said something um, yesterday on her Instagram, and it's like, "Are you bad at interviews? Watch this." And I, it was like a little minute clip, and I watched it. And she's like, you're not bad at interviews. You just gave a bad interview. And it was, she's like, you need to separate yourself from that. So a lot of people might be like, oh, I suck at customer service or I always get this wrong. It's like, no, you didn't. One time. Mm. Like, what can you learn from that and move forward? Because it's just a learning experience. It's always going to be a bit different. Yeah. 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 Um, love to get into a bit of the consulting work that you've done because before you online course, you're very much a consultant yeah. and still are a consultant um, based off you know, you, you and you're not just one of those, you know, you're a no BS business coach. Right? I think that's the tagline. Yeah. Um, because there's too many business coaches out there. If you're thinking about being a business coach and you haven't done anything, stop. Because, <laughs> you know, you have the Pilates studio. I'll just give a quick summary. Like, you know, you built it up to a good revenue that you, yeah. you're enjoying. We won't get specific unless you want to. Um, you had DVDs that came out. You were featured in two-page spreads and really built this business. So you've had that plus other businesses. So then you moved into consulting because I think, you know, obviously teaching. Yeah. And um, But, yeah, tell me a bit about that and how that started and, and how is it going? Yeah, it kind of was something that I fell into Um because I started to have my Pilates peers who had had studios for such a long time um, and who they're amazing. Like, let's be honest, they were better at teaching than me, but probably were of the generation of, oh, I'll just sit and I'll wait to be asked where I feel like if you're under the age of 35, you kind of feel like, no, I'm going to go and get it. Mm. So I was very, I'm just going to go and get this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to yeah. make my own Pilates DVD. Obviously there's outliers. Yeah. Obviously outliers. Ooh, <laughs> that's, that's my crazy that's the cat. cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can smell my cat, can't you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and they just started asking me questions. So they would be like, oh, I have this idea for um, like a course. And at the time, like I was investing a lot in like online courses and coaches myself. And I was just kind of giving them this secondhand advice that was taught to me that I was implementing at the time. And then all of a sudden I would just be like, oh, you help someone so with this. So can you help me with this? And then it got to a point where I'm like, oh my gosh, I love, I love running a business and all of that stuff more than being in the business. And I realized that when I would get to a point where I'm like, oh, I want to open another Pilates studio. And it's like, no, you don't. You love the challenge of like having a startup and then seeing it do well. You do not want another Pilates studio. <laughs> yeah, because you could have gone down the you know, free Pilates studios for now I'm franchising. Yeah. Now. You could have done that. But, um, you know, I think if you are then a consultant, if you enjoy the challenge of a startup, you can then go and consult to all of these different businesses and be like, no, well, this is, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about yeah. it that way? And, and is that what you really enjoy? Yeah. Like I had a session with someone last week and I'm finding that I work with a lot of incredible female entrepreneurs who are still stuck in this like belief of, oh, I need to not charge a lot and I need to really serve and um, Not just a female entrepreneur problem. Oh, is it? No. <laughs> well, it's so. <laughs> I got pulled up yesterday, oh, actually. Yeah, about your prices? About my prices. Yeah, increase he, them. You said not nah, too low. What are yeah, you doing? Raise yeah, raise them. Raise them. I'm all for ra like, okay, raise your prices. If you haven't raised them in like a year, mm. you need to raise them. Yeah, my, <laughs> my context around why the price was at what it was at was 
Um, you know, I'm first year business trying to get some runs under the board. Like yeah. I've got a bunch of content out there anyway, but yeah. in terms of getting those testimonials, but it, he still looked at me and said, nah, what are you doing? <laughs> like bang, bang. And yeah. and yeah, I think the problem still with me, my uncle taught me out of it. He's like, yeah. as a creative person or as a female entrepreneur, I'm a male yeah. entrepreneur, but as a female yeah. entrepreneur, we want to help people. We're so empathetic and and we just we see someone's problem and we see them struggling and, yeah. and then we go and then they go, oh, cool, okay, I want to work with you. How much do you charge? And then you go, oh, well, because you've got this situation and that situation, I'll, I'll do it for you half price and whatever. Um, and to a point you could do that. Like, yeah. you know, if somebody's really struggling and, and you think that by helping them eventually they'll be able to pay you for a price, fair enough. But if you're not charging at a good rate and this is probably me directly quoting my uncle if you're not charging a good rate you are not helping the, the client because you're not going to put the most time in it you yeah. you know do something for 39 dollars and then do the same thing for 250 dollars and see how the <laughs> see the difference yeah um but you're robbing yourself you're robbing your family you're robbing your you know your right to have a have a life yeah. right and i talked a little bit too long there but yeah tell me no, your thoughts I- on agree like Hmm. I that's like what you said was pretty much what I said to this this client that I had um she's an expert in what she does she's incredible she's completing her master's at the moment she's really devoted like her whole life and I said you know there's going to be people who have just finished their qualification that are going to come in and they're going to charge more than you and they're going to release this with confidence and I'm like you are such an expert, you need to just charge more. And I started to just ask her different questions. So I'm like, okay, well, if you're going to, so I think she was going to give this program she was creating for free to to her current clients and then charge very, 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 very small fee to um, uh, like people who weren't a current client. And I said, okay, well, like, if you were to charge this compared to, let's just put a hypothetical $1,000 compared to, say, for example, a $50 offering, I'm like, how? What, what's the difference in how you're going to show up? And you could kind of see something click for her and she's like, oh, I'm going to show up so much more. And I'm like, great. And I'm like, and if someone slides into your DMs, which they will, with a question and like you're not going to resent answering that because you've charged them that. I'm like, not everyone is going to do that. And I said, but you need to have your pricing. I said, be so inclusive. You have to just account for all of these little things. So when someone's messaging you at 10 o'clock at night because something's happened, that you're not going to roll your eyes and be like, oh, like you want to kind of be like, oh, I'm so, I feel like I am like getting served so much from this program that I can, I feel happy to, to answer this and help them and serve them. Mm. Yeah, so basically price at a point to which you can then do the little stuff happy, happily. Yeah, and mm. I think too like your customers don't need to know that that's included in your pricing but that's something when I do my pricing like um, I think you called yeah. it a nag factor, or a, yeah, was it a nag? Fa- it was something a little bit more polarizing. I can't even yeah, what I yeah. It. An asshole tax? <laughs> was it that? Probably, <laughs> yeah, it was probably that. <laughs> <enough. laughs> yeah, it could have been that. <laughs> the politically correct is uh, maybe yeah, slightly annoying tax, but yeah. but you're right. Like just. I think it was about sussing the situation and, and if, this, if you know this person's going to be, you know, the, the counterintuitive argument would say um, work with people that you only really are passionate about working with and then yeah. those those phone calls become easier. Yeah. But sometimes you almost have to, yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one. Um, like you don't want to take money from someone who's draining you but sometimes that happens. Do you think? Yeah, I think it depends. Like. When you increase your prices, you also have the ability to let go of clients. Like that's something that I did in my studio. I was told, and this is this is a really good point. If someone's giving you advice, look at their business, look at their life and look at their boundaries. And if there are fires all over the place, do not take advice from them. Where if someone is giving you advice and they have exceptional boundaries, they've got a really profitable business, they've got a great life, they have great relationships, I would take advice from them. So all of the people who are like, you need to teach these people, you have a business. 
And like, your life is a shit show. Like, why am I taking advice from you? It was to a point where I would have some clients that would diagnose like health issues for other people in the class. Well, like they would just look at them and be like, you have this wrong with you. And then the client started to complain. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, right, I could have this one bad egg that could make me in a bad mood and then that's going to affect my whole night of teaching. It could piss off the rest of my clients. I could let them go. Mm. I had a friend who um, he was he had a client that was paying them $8,000 a month Yeah, but was just on his case every single day. And I just told him, I said, do you reckon if you fired them you could find two clients that you love working with for $4,000 a month? Well, yeah. And, and so he fired the $8,000 people and then to, like a month later he had two more people at $4,000 a month that he loves working with. Yeah, completely agree. Like at the end of the day, if your hands are completely full with your current projects, your current people, it, you're not going to have room to serve the people that you really want. And sometimes it's this hard decision. Um, and I guess it's like a limiting money belief of, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm turning away money. Like if, if, especially if you're in a cash flow crisis or there's you're like, oh my gosh, I'm a startup. I need to get money and you feel like you need to serve all the people, but you have to conserve your energy. Like that's something that's so important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Very, very true. Very true. Um, in terms of your consulting, um, do you have a, and this is almost like I ask people this question if they're consultants, it's almost like choosing your favourite child, but do you have a case study or or a client that when you think about it really makes you smile and and, um, you know, these are the res results I got for them and, you know, they came in all nervous about their business structure and I've now taken them to, to some really cool, yeah, there you go, you got them, <laughs> you got them because you, you smiled. So. The funny thing is I'm working with, um, even though I'm like, I work with women, I'm working with a guy at the moment and he has a startup and <laughs> he is so like, you look at us working together and we kind of look. Not like we look mismatched, but you kind of look at him and you're like, oh, you would work with like a real like corporate dude in a suit. And I will turn up, every time we've turned up to our appointments, it's been like a 45 degree day and I've been in like a bikini and a, like this little throw on dress with my hair up and just this like real like no BS attitude because it's hot. Like, you know what it's like when it's hot and mm. you're just like, Ugh. and um, it's so funny because he has this startup idea that I can't, I can't talk about too much because it's mm. still all in the works now. But we basically talked about his marketing pipeline and he was so stressed about, okay, well, when I release this product, who am I going to sell it to? And I just said, look, we're just going to have these going side by side. I'm like, you just, just relax. Like once you have the business name and that's sorted, I'm like, you kind of know your long-term vision. So it's like, what, even though you have this incredible product, like, what do you want to be doing a couple years from now? And he told me, I'm like, great, this all can work. I'm like, we just need to have this in our marketing now. So your clients who buy from you now, they're not like, oh, wow, this is a complete sidestep. It all seems like it's just the next progression. And we kind of worked out a framework in 60 minutes and I left thinking, oh my God, I've not only saved this man probably $30,000 because I think what a lot of people do is they're like, right, I've got my product. Oh, okay. Now I start marketing. And I'm like, no, we do that as soon. I'm like, you don't even have to have a product. I'm like, you have the idea, you're developing it. I'm like, we're going to build your audience. Because I think for me, when I started my Pilates DVD, I didn't do that. I'm like, let me do all of the work of creating this product. And then when it's launched, I'll market. And I was tired. I said to him, I'm like, it's like signing up for a half marathon and then realizing, oh my God, this is actually a full marathon. Like you still have to keep going, but you you aren't in that mental headspace where I'm like, if we do it this way, you'll think you've signed up for a full marathon and you'll get halfway and they'll be like, oh, you're done. And you'll be like, oh, wow. And I just knew I'm like, oh my gosh, he he's going to release his first product and it's just going to, I know it's going to sell out because he is going to do the hard work now. And I'm like, we do that in an hour mm. and it could save him like tens of thousands of dollars, but also the mental, like the mental sanity of just being like, why isn't this working? And it's like, it's not that it's not working. It's just like marketing. It takes time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, definitely. But $30,000 saving in an hour, that's pretty good. 
Yeah. I just, I put like, I'm like working out, I'm walking home and I'm like, I reckon it'd be this much. Just when I found out like what my friends were paying in the industry for list building and Facebook ads all of that stuff and that was just probably an underestimation mm. you think as well like we've all had the website that we've spent eight to ten thousand dollars on and then we get really clear on our branding and we're like oh this sucks i need to, to redo it yeah <laughs> that's why landing pages are so good yeah. lead pages or whatever yeah. it is you're using it's so good um that actually kind of leads me to this question you are very much the entrepreneur that does everything yourself you wear all the hats um, and you wear that very proudly um, in terms of website building, in terms of copywriting, in terms of like all of this stuff very easy to outsource. We know Upwork exists. We know yeah. Fiverr exists. We know virtual assistants exist unless you didn't know they exist. Um, <laughs> surprise. <laughs> surprise. Fiverr.com.au, Fiverr any small graphic design. I'm going to like annoy graphic designers here now but. <laughs> Any <laughs> tiny graphic design stuff you need, go check it out. You'll save your time and money. Um, I'm not sponsored by Fiverr. <laughs> <laughs> but you um, very much take on board all the stuff yourself. You've coded your website. Yeah. You've coded your, your course. Um, tell me about that as a learning experience and, and beneficial to even when you now go to outsource, how, how much it's going to help you. I think a lot of the time you don't like oh. – you don't know if you're getting ripped off. I think there is this new wave of entrepreneur coming through. And I guess I like, I've never been in a point financially where I'm like, oh, I can pay for a website. I can do this. I can pay for someone to do that. I can hire a VA out. Like I've had, I've always had to start things myself, but I know that when I go to outsource it, if someone quotes me $15,000, I can be like, oh, that is not a $15,000 job. Where are these new wave entrepreneurs that I think are getting into cash flow crisis because they'll have someone be like, oh, we're going to charge you $2,000 for a logo. And that includes two revisions. And then after that, we're going to, it's like $700 a revision. And then they're like, oh, okay. Yep. That seems reasonable. And I'm like, no, just, just start yourself. Because I think too, it's never as well like, I will get to a point with my website where I will outsource that and I will, I will gladly pay and I will love paying that money. Um, but you need to be able to do things yourself. One, because I believe that if you do something and you feel it's successful, you're in the safe zone. You are not really utilizing your potential. You need to fail. If you're not failing, you're not doing business. So I would rather fail on my dollar and my time than fail paying an expert $200 to $500 an hour. Like I want them to get it right. Like I want them to work on it the eighth time where I'm like, okay, here's exactly what I want and I can give them a clear and concise list. And I know that when uh, the time comes for me to hire a virtual assistant and a community manager, I'm going to give them a very concise job description and I'm going to know exactly what they want compared to me outsourcing someone. And I don't want to say all VAs are like this, but not everyone is incredible at their job. Well, they're not <laughs> They're not you. Like, going, yeah. like talking about community management, right? So go back 10,000 followers on Instagram. Yeah. Now, yes, um, we did, we're not even probably going to go into the ridiculous <laughs> messages that you get that I you know, facepalm all the time or show them. <laughs> So I'm like, I show half the messages that you get to my girlfriend. Like, do you ever, did you ever get that? <laughs> um, but you would be tempted because there's such a volume of people, 10,000 people there to outsource community management because that would be illogical. Yeah. You'd get overwhelmed. I built a TikTok to 20,000 and got overwhelmed with the, the yeah. amount of work. But if you were to do that, it's not you. Exactly. Exactly. And I see it all the time. Like I, um, oh, there's... Brooke Castillo, have you heard of her? I feel like, oh my God, you have to, like this woman. If I saw her walk up the street, like I would cry. Like I love her so much. And she, I love her as well because she talks about money. I don't understand entrepreneurs that don't talk about money, but she's very like, I made $25 million US last year working three days a week. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> and then she's like, and I have a team of 10. And I was like, Oh my God. Like it was just so good. And she's like, but you know, we're really good at hiring. Well, we're great at firing and letting people go. We have really clear job descriptions. Like 
here is exactly everything that you need to do. And I know that I will get to that point where I'm like, right, I know exactly the person that I want. Here is what the job looks like. And then if they come on board and I'm like, no, they're not the person for me, like I'm going to have to let them go. And this is why when people are like, who know me, they're like, I want to work for you. And I'm like, oh, I could never hire someone I know Mm. because you need to be able to cut. Exactly. And I think that that's something that I see happen in business all the time is entrepreneurs or people don't want to do the work. I'll just pay them to do it. But then there's so much emotion in there that they don't want to fire them. And that's what's sinking their business. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> um, I want to talk about your membership you just started. Yes. So um, what's the name of it again? The, the Professional Babes Membership. I kept going to call it the Professional Babes Mastermind. Membership's a little bit, it probably explains uh, it a little bit Mastermind's more. a bit more American, but I did laugh because I actually was putting it out on the marketing sometimes on Instagram, the Professional Babes Mastermind. And I was like, oh, look, guys, no big deal. Like, it doesn't matter. And it was so funny. Some of my entrepreneur friends were like, I would be mortified, but you're so funny how you're like, nah. Yeah. <laughs> well, let's talk about that, actually. Like, people get so obsessed with making the perfect video the perfect filming like i started this podcast with just this like this thing well it's a little bit bigger but something that has the same microphones and i would just put it against the table yeah and off i went but now i've got three different cameras and these microphones and and you know if if i obsessed for years or over the perfect microphone it wouldn't wouldn't have started Yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't have started. You wouldn't have started. Yeah. So like you putting those posts out, membership, mastermind, membership, mastermind. Yeah. Like if you did it consistently and then <laughs> then it would be an IMC problem. But once or twice, like Yeah. You know. Um so yeah, the professional babes membership. Um yeah, what's it all about? How does it come about? And um yeah, you've already had some people go through it. So yeah. keen, keen to chat about it. Yeah. It kind of it's so funny. It, I always wanted to do something like it, but I just, I had a couple of blocks of what am I going to call it? Even, oh, I feel like I need to be, I created this story that I need to be a full-time consultant before I roll this thing out. And I'm so glad that I ended up in a bit of like a cash flow crisis and I was so unhappy with what I was doing before. I'm like, right, I'm going to quit everything and I'm just going to do it. Um, and then I had the drive of, well, if this just doesn't work, I'm homeless, like I'll get evicted. So I went into it being like, I just have to make this work. And I knew it would go so well because um, I, I personally don't think that I'm expensive to work with, but I understand what it's like in a startup, especially if you have a bricks and mortar business, um, how much money is going out, Okay. And you're like, oh my God, I want to work with someone, but I, I like, I can't afford that. And that, that was me. So I'm like, right, what can I do, which is like scalable? It's not me trading like time for money, which is what my private consultant is. Like that will return good money. Mm. And you're still doing that. Yeah. Yeah. But this is something, as you said, scalable. Exactly. Like that's limited. Like at the end of the day, I only take 10 private clients at a time. Any more than that. And I just go a bit crazy. I like to kind of always have my finger on the pulse of someone's business, remember things where Mm. anything more than that, I start to forget stuff and that doesn't help anyone. And I know I'll get to a point where my membership will have say, 10,000 members and at what will be $79. Like that's a, that's a lot of money. That's great money. Mm. So I'm like, what can I do that is scalable, but also community focused. So one of my core business values is community because I know for me, when I first started, I went to networking events that were filled with like gray and navy suits and middle-aged white men being like Pilates, spitting their breakfast muffin all over the place. Mm. And that was my first start in business. Yeah, not cool. No. And I'm like, I so 
lacked community when I started. And I said that I'm like, you will like when you hit roadblocks, which will happen, you need to have people around you. And like your friends and family, I'm sure they're lovely people. They don't get it. If they work nine to five, if they have the privilege of sick leave, they don't get it. And like you need people who literally have broken their business or they're like, oh, I remember the time that like the roof of my building flew off. Like the time that at my Pilates studio, we had bird lice in the ceiling. I didn't know how to handle that. I was 21. What do you do? <laughs> what do you do? Yeah, but things <laughs> things happen, right? Like, yeah. yeah. You know, and unless you've been there, done that, it's, it's hard to, yeah. you know, not give a non-Google answer, you know. Exactly. And it's been so good. Like I will constantly like open the membership. Like I'm, I'm always in there. You know what I'm like? I'm, I'm, I'm always on my phone mm. and I don't like, I'm not one of those people that's like, I hate my amount of screen time. I love it. I feel like I could be on there more. Mm. Um, Especially as a business person, <laughs> you know, you know uh, my girlfriend is very understanding. Um, yeah. But, you know, uh, we were watching Married at First Sight and I was just on my phone yeah. like networking with people and she's like, how are you networking at 9 o'clock? I'm like, there's people in other countries. And it's prime networking time. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know, and as soon as I explained that, she was cool with it, which, yeah. you know, I'm very lucky to have someone supportive like that. But yeah. um, got to be careful what's recorded. <laughs> 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 no, no, gently, gently. Yeah. Um, um, but. But apart from that, it's yeah, these things that people don't get. It just yeah, you have to go that extra extra step when you have your own business. Yeah, and that's why I'm like, I wanted to create a community of people that just like absolutely got it. And it was so, I had like a proud parent moment the other day when um, someone recorded a video and she was so unsure about putting it up, and it was really good. Like it wasn't just us saying this is good. Like it was really good. And I watched it and I was like, oh, I have to write back. I think I was out doing something. I had all of these groceries and I'm like, I'll write back when I go home. And I opened it and I went to write back and everyone like flooded it, not just with, oh, this is good yeah, or, or like a love heart, heart emoji. emoji or- it was like paragraphs. Like, And then when she uploaded it, they went on as well. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to cry. Like it was just so, it was so good because I'm like, that's what you need when you first, oh, my God, look at me, I'm teary. Yeah, yeah. Like that's what you need when you first start. And I'm like, I love that I have created this. Yeah, so it's a real community. I mean, you have, is it weekly calls that you do or monthly calls? So we do the format at the moment just because like there's there's not too many people in there. It's, we've launched yeah, oh God, like a few a months month, ago. Like, like we were actually going to. Oh, my God, one yeah. month. Oh, well done. There Woo, one month. We were going to hold this podcast in authenticity. We were going to hold this podcast off until six months where you had like <laughs> heaps of people. But you were like, nah, stuff it. I can do it now. Um, so, yeah, for a month. Yeah. But you've already got such a community in, in one month. Yeah. So we do um, at the moment we've got we do two group coaching calls a month and how I work them is someone will come to me with a question and something that always um, I didn't like. I always see in business, if something happens and you don't like it, you kind of just have that as your reason to, okay, we won't do that. So I always hated how someone, I would be on a coaching call and people would ask questions like, this doesn't apply to me. And I'm like, oh my God, how selfish am I that I want everything to apply to me? But we're all a little bit like that. So I'm like, how can I create masterclasses out of these questions? And that's what we've done. So people will submit their questions and then there's usually a theme, which is really bizarre how that happens. And then we'll create like a little bit of a masterclass. So the last one we did was marketing and we're talking about um, low cost and free marketing solutions. And now we have this carrier pigeon in-house joke, which is quite hilarious um, so we have that and then we have two masterclasses a month of, I call it like girthy content where it's very like, it'll be something that they're not just going to be able to do in a day. It's going to take them a while to do. We have mm. our personal development resource. What else do we have? A book club. I have a startup in the works as well. That's kind of just been put on the back burner a little for cash flow reasons. Yeah. I was like, I'm not going to invest too much into this now because I know I need the money to get it off the ground. And yeah. I know that I just need to park it. What's the elevator for it? 
the L. Oh, um, Forney Kate, wellness without the wank. Because I've worked in wellness my whole life and I don't like the elite white culture yeah. that we're sold of wellness looks, it looks one mm. one way. So it's, yeah, a wellness brand without the wank. Yeah, cool. cool yeah. Cool. yeah. I'm like, what? How, but I the see? cool thing about that is you'll... You can document that. And yeah, I know it's in the membership. You can, you can document that in the membership. Yeah, so that's what I'm doing. Yeah. Like I am being so transparent about this. Like I have said, I will tell you where I get my roller bottles from. I'll tell you how much money I've spent on this. I will, I, I'm basically breaking down that startup and putting it in the membership. Mm. So if people who don't have a business come in, it's like, well, here is how I started a business. Like, here is the bones. Here is a framework. If you want to follow, if you're like, shit, how do I come up with a business name? Here is how I came up with the business name. Here is why and tips as well. Mm, very cool. Thank you. I think that's um, that's a really awesome spot to leave it on, actually. Uh, it gives people a good roll into, into Can the Can I course. come back when it's launched? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah when that's <laughs> launched. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got you on camera now. Yeah, it's recorded. <laughs> No, I like to. I like to have people on because of this next. I have two more questions, and yeah. Um, so, what's coming up for you in the next six to twelve months? It can either be what's really challenging, and you're excited to get over the challenge, or something that you're super pumped and excited about about bringing up in the next sort of yeah six to twelve. When's that? Is that August? Uh, August December. I'll keep it easy and say twelve months. Okay, or we yep. could just do end of the year. End of the year. Okay, I have a goal to have 300 members in my membership. Awesome. Yeah. I have like in so like in complete transparency, I think a lot of people think I have hundreds of people. I'm like, I've got 20. Um, but I'm so excited to declare that because I know that there'll be a day when it's yeah, like 20,000. Exactly. And we'll have it on record here and we'll go back to everyone it. needs a start yeah so i'm like 300 is amazing and i have a goal for the end of the financial year um to basically have like my consulting and my coaching to be sitting in like the five figures a month awesome yeah yeah so there's a lot there's a lot going on very cool and if people have heard something through this show um and really cool and they want to reach out to you um or you know check out the membership or whatever where, where do they go okay never never email me i'm really bad with emails <laughs> That's good to ask him. Yep. Never email me. If you want a response, slide into my DMs on Instagram. Like I, people know now, like I didn't even answer my text messages to him. Like yep. they just sit yeah, in wow. my phone. Like yeah. if you want a response, just DM me on Instagram. At Peter Saris is where you'll find me. Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, Peter, I've been Tim. You've been Peter and we've been talking. Oh, I like that. Thank you for coming on. <laughs> Thank you so much. All right, there you have it, the episode with Peter. I hope you guys really enjoyed that and got a lot of value from the conversation. If you want to reach out to Peter, I'll leave all the contact details in the show notes below. Let her know that the Bean Talking podcast sent you. I know she'll really enjoy that. Now, if you could do me a massive favor and go and give the podcast a like, review and a subscribe, especially a five-star written review on iTunes really helps out the show. And I really like reading the positive feedback from people that are listening along. So thank you very much. Now, I would love to talk to you a little bit more about podcast production. If you're somebody listening along and you've been wanting to start your own podcast for a while, you've been looking to create more video content for your business, that's something I'd love to talk to you about. So contact me at tim at beantalking.com.au or you can join the free Facebook group, How To Start Podcast, and contact me over there. But apart from that, I'll see you guys in the next episode.